Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, people. Hmm. It's that time of the year. Cinema Discovery Project. It's what? A couple days before Christmas? It is December 23rd. Yes. The day, the day, the day before Christmas. Christmas Eve. I Eve. Almost, yes, Christmas Eve Eve. And I almost wanted to start out singing Jingle Bells, but I thought that that would that would be too abrupt, and I didn't actually clear it with Steven. Yeah, so. you didn't clear it with me. He he does all the singing. Yeah, I do all the singing. On this I show. do all the listening. <laughs> um, but this is a brand new episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. I'm Andrew Cabral, and with my co-host and friend Stephen Billings. Hello. And this is our, I guess you could say, annual holiday themed. Yeah, episode. I mean we we last week we did or we last ha- episode we did we did yeah. a little bit of holiday theme too, but. You know, right. we just the month, the month. Right. We always try to keep it Christmas themed, holiday themed. So, and I only say annual because we've only done one other one yes. that was last December. Yes, because <laughs> that's right around that we had only started the just podcast yeah we last. We're about a year and a fall. half into our podcast. We've been doing this for a year and a half. Yes, yeah. time does fly, but this time we're going to be doing a spotlight, and it's going to be a spotlight on a movie called The Shop Around the Corner. And it's, of course, a classic black-and-white film. We were trying to find a film that perhaps is not somewhat uh, a film that a lot of people have seen. I mean, everybody talks about It's a Wonderful Life. Everybody talks about all of the adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Um, Miracle on 34th Street, you know. Miracle on 34th Street, there's been, I think, two two of those, the original. Yeah. And then the remake. I think there's been a TV movie, maybe, or something, too. I believe that. Um, and then, of course, there's a, a Christmas story. Yeah. Um, there's and of course, there's so many Christmas themed ones. There's, there's the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There, there's been so many of them. So, but we wanted to do one that's kind of Christmassy, but it's a classic film, and it's something that I think is an important film because I think it stars one of the greatest actors ever, and I think one of the most well-known actors ever, and that is one Jimmy Stewart. But it's a film that came out in 1940, directed by Ernst Lubitsch. And Ernst Lubitsch is probably a director not a lot of people know of. I think he's more known to kind of cinephiles like Stephen and I. I first discovered him pretty much through the Criterion Collection. No big shocker there. Um, I think I discovered him through his film... uh, I think it's To Be or Not yeah, to, to Be. Yeah, To Be or Not to Be, the, it's the the one that that's set uh, World War Two. the yeah, and satire. Yeah, it's, like it's a satire, yeah. yeah. And it is, um, came, that one came out in 1942, that starred Carol Lombard um, and Jack Benny, and that was one of the first Criterions I remember buying many, many years ago, but then I also bought um, uh, Design for Living is another film from him, um, as well as... Um, Clooney Brown, which is a film I just, just recently up. came out in Criterion. And, yeah, yeah, and then Heaven Can Wait. Yeah, Heaven is Can Wait's one. the one I knew. I think is the first one I. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good film. Yeah. Um, I have all of those, and there's also an Eclipse set that has his mu- like has a bunch of his musicals okay. in it as well. Just called Lubitsch. I think it's called Lub- Ernst Lubitsch's Musicals or something like that. But he's a director who predominantly did work only in the actually it looks like twenties. Never mind. It goes back to the 19-teens. He has 74 um, directorial credits, according to IMDb, going all the way back to 1914 and ending in 1948. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was uh, friends with Billy Wilder and and uh, William Wyler. They were like they, they a, lot, a lot of them guys knew each other, and um, apparently, um, I was I was 
he apparently suffered from a lot of heart attacks throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hearing, reading something about it where he, um, apparently, you know, his bad health and he kept, you know, they kept telling him to stop, you know, eating rich foods and, you know, and, and having so much sex. Apparently he was having a lot of sex. Whoa, hey That's, I'm just saying, this is what they told me. Uh, is well, what I mean, I read. That, that is, he- that is heavy on the heart. I'll yeah. And that. he, um, in more ways than one. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, apparently they said, "Hey, if you do this, you might live to a hundred. And he's like, "Well, you might as well just kill me now if you want to make me stop having sex." And eat. <laughs> so, you know, he kept doing his thing. But, uh, he, but yeah, apparently William Wyler and and and, and Billy Wilder were were really good friends. So, and you know, they all kind of made some of the same types of movies. You know, yeah, his film his film had a his films have a um not a, I want to say lighter quality to them, but they have a a, a an energy to sure, them, yeah. pacing to them and and whatnot. And um, he died in 1947 at the age of 55, was born in 1892. Um, and, yeah, like I said, a lot and a lot of movies in, what, teens, 20s, and 40s, like three decades yeah. or so. Yeah, uh, he, going from the silent yeah. era all the way to the sound era. It's very interesting you mentioned Billy Wilder because I believe Billy Wilder came from, coincidentally, where this movie is set, which is, which is Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is Hungary. And Ernst Lubitsch was uh, born in Germany, so they're from that 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 middle European world. And it's very interesting how they probably came over maybe around the same time, or maybe I know Billy Wilder had come over basically the rise of Nazism and all yeah. that kind of stuff. He, he kind of saw that coming and he, and they, they got out, a lot of people got out of Germany and that part of the world before world war two. Yeah. What is interesting about this movie is that it's set. Um, <laughs> it's set in it. They don't tell you when it's set, but I believe it's, they make, they make a reference to, the 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 crash in 1929, and but they don't make any reference to the war that's going on. Yeah. There was a weird, I was I was discussing this last night with a friend. I was as I was rewatching the movie, is some there was there was this, some portion of kind of that of Hollywood filmmaking at that time where they would make movies set in countries that were at war, like because World War Two yeah. was happening. 1939 is when it started the invasion of Poland and the and in France and whatnot. Um, but like they would make movies set in the country where seemingly like there was no reference to a war or, or yeah. anything like that. Like they would just, they would just pretend as if nothing was happening. Um, very, very interesting that this is kind of one of those films, but the shop around the corner also stars. Um, it also stars Margaret Sullivan as well as uh, Frank Morgan. And I believe he's the, Frank he's the Morgan, wizard of Oz. He's the wizard of Oz. Thank you. Yeah, exactly <laughs> where he's from. He was in the wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, he's been he was in a bunch of films as well. He had a hundred credits actually to his name up until nineteen fifty, which is actually only ten years after this. He actually died in nineteen forty nine, so only nine years after this movie came out. Coincidentally died at in, in, at fifty nine years old. Although he looks much older. He looks, I was gonna say he looks a lot older. 50. Yeah. Um and very interesting. But um I saw this movie uh for the first time a few years ago. <clears throat> I wanna say on Turner Classic Movies. Because they seem to play this movie a lot. Okay. Um, they play. They seem to play a lot of Jimmy Stewart films a lot in these classic films. I think that's where I first watched it. It was probably on like TCM on demand on their website because they kind of every movie, mostly every movie they show on TV, they then have it streaming for like a limited time on their website, which is kind of nice because the quality is a lot better on their website than it is yeah. on my television. Because for some reason, my cable provider only has Turner Classic Movies on standard definition. And it doesn't look very good because a lot of these older movies aren't restored or anything yeah. like that, so they don't look good in general. But online, it's like HD quality and whatnot. 
Um, but the shop around the corner is is a film I had heard about because it is the original film that a much more famous and well-known film is a remake of. Yeah. And that is You've Got Mail, mm-hmm. starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. A lot of people know that movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty, it is basically the well, same they, it, it is. And, just, they, mu- it just updated to like the year 2000. That and they focus a lot more into the, the letters and the, like the letter portion of that story. Yes. Yeah, I think they spent a well, lot more I mean, time thinking. That, that's the, the crux of the remake. You know, yeah, yeah, and you've got mail. It's emails versus letters. Um, it capitalized on the whole AOL. You know, you've got mail and all that. Kind I of think stuff. they also in the remake play up the romantic, the ro- the romance in the movie. Yeah, more. it's a much more elaborate film. Like she's, uh, she's a, a small uh, Meg Ryan's character is a she owns like a smaller uh, bookstore in in New York, yeah. and uh, Tom Hanks like owns like a big chain, like a Barnes and Noble type chain. Yeah. And he's basically buying like they're they're basically like like pushing the small mom and pop shops out of business, the small bookstores, which is pretty much what has happened a lot in this country. Yeah. But they're making a comeback apparently the smaller bookstores. Um, which is kinda nice because it's you like to have a variety when it comes to if you're a book buyer to well, it's also deal, also they're cheaper. <laughs> right. Yeah, stores. they are cheaper. You know, if if there's just one person selling, they can basically monopolize the pricing and just sell you at it whatever you want, and you have to buy it because you can't get it any place else. Yeah. That's basically how monopolies work. Yeah. I mean, there are laws against monopolies, and that's why they exist, so that people aren't taken advantage of. But yeah, well, at, by this point, the big co- corporations own everything. Yeah. Um. But but the shop yeah. around the corner is a much more smaller film I, I would say that it's, it's a little bit I think the romance in the movie is a little more nuanced it's not I don't think I'm, I almost don't feel like the romantic aspect is as played up as, as the movie as you would think it would be like I, I think in, it's a little bit in more in the shop around the corner yeah I think it's or? a little more subtle than that I, I think the movie's got a lot more it's talking about a lot more than that romance in the movie oh yeah it, there's a lot more happening in the shop around the corner than just the romance yeah. so I guess we'll just dive right Let's into it, it with the opening scene it, it basically um, tells us we're in Budapest, Hungary. Um, this is which, uh, by the got, way, none of them look like they're on. European. Yeah. By the way, I was just gonna say <laughs> that. except for you maybe the realize. one friend who's uh, yeah, Pirovich. Yeah, Pirovich is, is the about only the only one, who one has that might seem rem- yeah, yeah. He has a rem- an accent. Yeah, um, you have to realize that this happened so so many times <laughs> in the golden age of Hollywood, all the way up through. Even to now, how many? It's only really now that we're getting the pushback of like not like casting like um, uh, cultural appropriate yeah. actors into certain roles. Yeah, because these are you a bunch I mean? of Americans living in Hungary, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like none of them are are, are Hungarian, yeah. at least from my knowledge, or even from that from that area. But like that happened so many times yeah. in 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 Hollywood and whatnot. We kind of brush it aside now because that's the times. But it's. It, it it doesn't take away from the movie in my no, opinion, no. but okay, we're in Budapest, Hungary. It's you know after the crash. It could be 1940 in that area basically, and it, and uh, basically we get an opening in front of a store, and it's uh the Matacek, uh what's it called Matacek and Company I think store yeah Matacek and Company and yeah. basically they sell um. I don't know, kind of a bit it's of everything. Kind, it's it's kind, like a miniaturized department store, basically. Yeah, it's like a small department store. They sell a little bit of everything, clothing, you know, handbags, you know. Uh, suitcases. Yeah, kinda, uh, today we would call it an antique store. 
<laughs> do you think it's an antique? Well, I think they so. I wouldn't but, say it's I, an antique store of the time. I think that we would look yeah, at it no. as like a like a small antique department store kind of thing. Well, it's like an it's like an antique store or a boutique size. store maybe. Yeah, yeah, like a boutique store. Yeah. But they sold like new products and whatnot, sure. and they sell. But you, all but kinds we know from the beginning that he's trying his best to. I mean, he's look. He's obviously not selling boutique stuff. He's selling kind of cheap. Oh no, stuff. he wants to sell quality stuff. Well, he's not selling. He wants to sell quality stuff, but he's not buying quality stuff to sell. Because <laughs> the whole oh, thing no, with no. the box at the beginning. Oh yeah. So basically, well, it opens up with everybody hanging out outside waiting for the boss to show up yeah. to open the door. Um, and apparently that's like kind of a morning ritual with these people. And we kind of get a nice cross section of who these people are. Like we get basically introduced to them on the site. There's of course, um, uh, Mr. Mr. Modicek or Hugo Modicek is played by Frank Morgan. Um, uh, Jimmy Stewart is Krolik and his first name is, uh, Al, um, yeah, Alfred actually. Yeah. Alfred Krolik. Yeah. Um, we, and then there's his friend, uh, Pirovich. Uh, Felix Bressart is the actor's name. He plays Pirovich. Sarah Hayden is an actress who plays Flora. She works there. And then there's this, there's this guy who's rather uh, flamboyant. Yeah. Um, uh, um, the actor's for, name for who portrays him is Joseph Schildkraut, yeah. and he's Ferent Vadish. Yeah. What a very he's very, the like, suck up. Elaborate name. He's the suck. Up. He's a he's a yeah he's a very. Um, like he's he let's just say he wears very flamboyant outfits, like he's wearing like bow ties and the hat and the thing with the gloves and all that kind of stuff. And he's and he's a suck up. Oh yeah, he's a kiss ass. Yeah. Um, we don't get introduced to the Margaret Sullivan character until like the next the next scene. So and then also well, also and, then you have the uh, Aaron boy as they call him. Yeah, Peppy. Yeah, Peppy. Peppy Cologne. Uh, Peppy he is Katona. he is my favorite character in the movie. William Tracy. He is my oh, favorite. Oh really? Character. Yes. You don't find him annoying. No, I, I look, I look, okay, I get it. Yeah. I, like, sometimes <laughs> his voice is annoying, but there are scenes of comedy in this movie where he says things like, like the part when he, at the end when he's now a clerk and the new yeah. Aaron boy's there and he's given a tip and he takes the tip away from the new Aaron boy and he's like, that's too much. But he, <laughs> yeah. what's crazy, he he hands it back to him too. Well, no, he does, kind of, but it's, I, I weird, just think yeah. that he's got some great lines. He does have a great, he does have like he has my, some my great lines line, yeah. in this movie where he's he's pretty funny. Um, he does. Yeah. So and so they're all outside waiting for Mr. Krog. So when Mr. Krog shows up, like you know, um, um, uh, Peppy like opens the door right away. Uh, Mr. Monarchak and whatnot. What is fascinating to me about this whole opening scene is you really see how I wouldn't say old fashioned the way people acted, but just there's a sense of hierarchical re- uh, reverence that yeah. I think is very interesting when it comes to. Uh, working a a job, you know what I mean, a career or something like that, where like the boss is someone you treat with a a, a moniker of respect and 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 reverence, especially I guess in this specific area. And, and the, and, and like to, the boss, he's the he's the business owner, he's the big boss. And guy, with that, you know? and with that, there's also this idea that's set up that kind of crosses them boundaries, where mm. um, where the Jimmy Stewart character, they'd been talking about how he had dinner with his him yeah. and his wife. So you have yes. this whole thing where, which I think is one of the themes it, that, that we go over important. in the whole movie, which is this idea of, um, you know, your work relationships and your personal relationships and then how that can intertwine. And then also, you know, not kind of judging things by what we see at, you know, on the outside or, you know, what we just see right. when we're at work. Yeah, that's a huge, they all that's have that's their own personal theme. lives and it's what they, who they are at work is not who they are everywhere. 
you know. Right. I really like uh, that you mentioned that because it actually does play a bigger role later oh, on yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Where basically, yeah, they he mentioned that he had he went he had dinner over uh, Monarchek's house yeah. and they he had he he had too much goose too liver much goose, so he yeah. needs a he needs a bicarbonate soda so he's uh, having like a I guess a bicarbonate soda people used to take for um like indigestion or heartburn or yeah. something like that upset stomach think like um like Alka Seltzer yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that um I, something yeah like basically bicarbonate soda now is like Coca Cola that's essentially what it is now. <laughs> Kind of, kind of what it is, but um. So and then like and then like oh and then someone says it was very interesting how they start arguing over it, like because it's like because somebody said like oh like he was like they misinterpreted that he was complaining about the goose liver versus saying I had too much of it, which is two different do two different things. Wait, you have too a, much of something and not and like it versus having you know hating something. Well, it you know sets I mean? it sets up the 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 the, the disdain between. Uh, you know Jimmy Stewart's character in the the what's his name the the flam- Vodish. yeah Fonish character so it, that's kind of where that starts I think the reason they he's the one that that brings it up and says right Wait. and they start arguing but yeah. when the boss shows up they they arguing yeah, stops yeah stops yeah so what we also learn is that uh, Krolik Jimmy Stewart's character is the oldest employee there and he's the one who has the most experience he's the most successful. Um, and but there's a tension between the two, and the tension is over uh, the cigarette box that plays um, that plays a song every time you open yeah. it. It plays Ochi Chornia, which is a an an old cla- an older classic, I guess, Hungarian song, um, like a classical piece. Um, and they can't. And the, and the Matichek is deciding whether he wants to uh, buy a bunch of them to sell. Yeah. Like he's like I think he's buying a bunch of them at like two fifty a piece, and of course he wants to sell them for, for like for much more because that that's how that's how it works. That's how business yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. You buy low, sell high. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how capitalism works. And it and he and Jimmy Stewart says no. It's it's annoying, and, and people are not going to want to hear that song every time they open the box. And also he's like you know the, it's cheap imitation leather. You know it's not put together well. It's going to fall apart in a week and all that kind of stuff. And and basically. The guy's basically he's leaning towards not buying it or whatever. And what is interesting is that they call him is that he gets a phone call, I guess, from the supplier during it, and 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 this and he basically tells the supplier like you know I, I, he yells at the guys like saying like um, yeah I haven't I can't make my decision now or whatever. And, like, well, yeah, he gets he gets cold feet on it because Jimmy yeah. Stewart tells him what he tells him, and so he right. he you know thinks twice. But this this is kind of the start of how their relationship starts to un- unravel a little bit because they're obviously have respect for each other, but, right. but Jimmy Stewart wants to get a raise. He wants to, he wants, well, not only that, but like, he was supposed to be a I, manager. I, yeah. I think there's a bit of a, um, old school, new school type I, thing here. I, I would say a little I, bit. Just because, uh, this, I, the way they keep referring to Ochichornia, the song, and the way he keeps referring to it as an old classic song, sure. you know what I mean? Like it feels like just like the guy is holding on to a past that he likes, sure, yeah. but it's not something that's going to sell to the modern buyer. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to Jimmy Stewart, who wants to probably, you know, sell something more modern to more modern people. It seems like he understands the buyers more than the. Well, boss he's the does. one that works directly with the customers all the time. With, with yeah. Direct, then that makes sense. Yeah. But but so, but one ha- I was gonna say one of on. the things is is I think that he this really shows you the, the the start of the unraveling because you know 
the him wanting to get he their their relationships kind of falling apart in the sense of he wants to he's being night he's trying to reward them by being closer at getting close to his employees but really what they mm. want is to grow in their careers like they like he think mm. that is that that's enough to reward them but what they want to do is be rewarded with getting a raise or getting you know like he's miss his stress of of his the workplace is conflicting with his relationship with his employees and he's right. taking it out on them like he's obviously trying to buy cheaper un not quality stuff because he's hard on money so then now he's not pro the things he promised his employees yes. he's taking it out on them um because he's yes. not doing good business <laughs> What we learn is there's a specific reason why he's hard up for money. Not hard up, but he there's a money financial strain yeah. there, which we'll get to in a little while. But what basically um, who uh, what happens next is the Margaret Sullivan character of Clara Novak walks in, and initially Jimmy Stewart goes up to her and says, you know, and and starts trying to sell her a handbag. And she's like, oh, I'm not here for a handbag. And he's like, oh, okay, if you if you have any questions, just come, you know. Don't hesitate. Basically, that usual stuff you hear from people nowadays, but, anyways. But, and, but she's there to get a she she she's there to get a job. She's there to get a yeah. job. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people, wants, a lot of people are on hard times. You know, right. and I think that that plays a little bit into the to the what can maybe tie this to Christmas, other than the end of the movie being set around Christmas. Um, right. That you know, the movie's about you know how that you know the strain of the times of that time of the year too. I mean, like right. you know people are pressured to spend money and to do things, you know, to buy gifts for people and, and th during, so you have to have money, you have to have a job, you have to like, that's the strain of that time of the year. You know? Right. Also, um, apparently we learned that she also worked for a, uh, another, another store, like a rival store, yeah. Blaschek. And so, so Mr. Mo so she wants to meet with Mr. Modicek and Jimmy Stewart's like, I, like, I know the guy, he's not going to give you a job. You're wasting your time. Like I know him better than anybody. Yeah. And then Mr. Modicek overhears this and he doesn't understand the context of the conversation. Yeah. And so he's like, and he's like, okay, madam, I can help you. I can do anything for you. Nothing here is impossible. And then she's like, oh, great. I'm, you know, I'm looking for a job. And he goes, that's impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it, it, it brings up this idea like, you know, Every anything is possible until somebody tells you something that you don't want to hear. Sure. Then that's impossible. Yeah, yeah, and it's really and really it also causes more contention hilarious. between him and Jimmy Stewart because he he doesn't like the fact that he thinks that he 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 basically thinks he's undermining him and trying right. you know and saying hey you know being arrogant you know that he knows what he's thinking and or knows what he's he would say in a certain situation. And he, I mean, he was right. I mean, he he knows that, you know, he's hard up right now, you know. Uh, and he even complains about it later that there's this store has six employees when another store only has four employees and it's a bigger store, right? You know, like uh, what? Yeah, but what happens is well, what's interesting is before when they were having that row we were talking about about the box. Um, is when is when Vodish basically kisses up to him and says, "Oh yeah, this is a great box. Yeah, I love yeah. this box. All that kind of stuff." I really like how P uh, Pirovich every time um, uh, Monacek would ask, like, "What do you like? What do you think about this? Like, what is your opinion about this?" And Pirovich would just like walk in, like walk into another room yeah. just to get out of the line of like potential yelling or whatnot of this guy is about to explode when you tell him the truth that the box is crap. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and but that plays into it because like they're talking in they. Uh, 
Modicek and Krolik talk in his office, and then I someone I think Krolik uh, uh, Vonish walks in or somebody walks in and says like, "Oh, there's somebody looking to buy that, that potentially buy the box," and it's Margaret Sullivan's character. It's, it's um, yeah. She opens it up and the music starts playing, and, and they hear it. And, and she starts playing with it, like, "Oh," and then then they're like, "Oh, yeah, that that's somebody who just wanted a job or whatever." And then Jimmy Stewart's like, "Oh, I'll handle it." Um, oh, and then they go over to. And and then it's like you know like, you know basically you know there's no point of waiting around here you might as well just leave and basically, Miss um, uh, Novak sells that box to a, a another as woman a candy di- by, as a candy as a candy box as a candy box and the way she does it though is she basically tells her that it's basically it's an anti it's like a diet thing it's yeah like an it, it, the box. music signals to your brain not to eat the candy <laughs> yeah like it'll tell it, like you'll 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 not want to hear that music so much that you'll want to not eat candy yeah. you know like that'll just drive you crazy it's kind of kind of funny enough it kind of plays into the idea that jimmy stewart said about the box was that you're it's, eventually yeah. going to get annoyed by that song yeah and yeah but it's also the fact that you can't sell it as a cigarette box you have to sell it as something else yeah. because it's not appealing as what it is yeah. as what it is which is which dumb. is funny enough kind of a little bit of like the main theme of the romance of the story you know the, the the two characters are like they're on opposite well, sides. Well, they are, but like this movie essentially is about two people that are in love with being in love. Mm. They both have an idea about what love is, yeah. but they're they don't really know because they're too busy like fantasizing about things that are what you know. He's writing these great poems, and she's you know fantasizing about this man that she's never met. And not really confronting anything, and, and at yeah, the well, same we, time, this this box is not exact is is a facade. Yeah, you know? what we learned also in this whole sequence here is uh, he talks to his friend Pirovich about this ad that he came across in the paper, yeah. and this ad was basically a woman seeking someone to talk about like intellectual things with. Yeah. Things like literature and stuff like that, and he answered it, and they've been having a correspondence back and forth, and the letters have been so. Uh, romantic and poetic and beautiful and all that kind of stuff. He's he's uh, and Krolik is smitten over this woman and he's never met her. And I was when I was rewatching this movie last night with a friend. I basically like I paused and I told him this is this is such a contemporary idea. This idea of long distance corresponding yeah. with someone as a potential mate. It's basically you know internet dating, well, no, now, yeah, online dating, dating yeah. apps or online dating or. Even just even just social media interactions with somebody who is of somebody who you find uh, sexually attractive on the other side of the country, other side of the planet, whatever. This idea of just long distance communication yeah. is so um, interesting that it, it's still it, it's still relevant today. Yeah. Just back then, it was a newspaper ad versus. You had to wait a lot today. longer for your messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, which I guess made it more personal or more anticipatory oh, yeah. now, as opposed to like, um, you know, a, a quick text message back or a message back on whatever social social media platform. But he is smitten by this woman, um, and and um, and what? Um, well, how do I want to say? It? So basically, Miss Novak's character she does end up getting the job, and then we cut. And then there's a, and then the, we cut to another sequence, and there's like a flash forward. Wait, it flashes on, forward like six months. Yeah, like a while. And what what is interesting is we see uh, 
uh, is we was it the way she the way she sold the box for like five fifty when he was really going to, only going to sell it for four fifty like really impressed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So he started selling it for five fifty, but he got a bunch of them. He bought a bunch of them from the supplier, and now they're in the window marked down to like two fifty because <laughs> nobody has bought them. <laughs> they're just sitting there in the window, and I love how there's just a nice camera hold on that scene directly. Well, on that just that that shot directly where like yeah, she only used it to sell that one box and. And it doesn't really prove that that box is really worth anything. Yeah. Like his his business prowess is still not great. So they're outside um, the store waiting once again for the store to be opened up by by Modicek. Um And what happens is we we learn that there's a contentious relationship between Krolik and Miss Novak. They just don't really get along over the last. Well, couple yeah, months. They, they don't get along, but there is a banter there. It's 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 a banter. Oh, that... the banter in the in the in the. Uh, um, what do I want to say? Chemistry is there. It's the, I mean, it's it's the classic thing that would get you know recycled in our modern times so much, where you know the the, the romantic couple hate each other and they, they they you know they say vile things to each other, but ultimately you know that that comes from a place of that they're attracted in some way to the person. You would think so, but initially... It doesn't come off that way initially. Yeah, it doesn't. Initially, I don't think it's quite there. Yeah, and that's... It it gets there later on. Yeah, I think think that they hide it very well in this movie, which is why I say the romantic angle of the movie doesn't feel so evident in the movie. I think that they don't really get into that until about halfway, maybe even the third act of the movie, really. Right. So... But what we learn is, I mean, he criticizes her for like kind of like nitpicky things, like like the way that like, she was dressed the day before was a green dress with bright with uh with like yellow dots on it or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he didn't like that. He thought it was too flashy or something ridiculous like that. Where coincidentally, I mean, this is I mean, movie came out in nineteen forty. Men are still uh, criticizing women for what they wear, and it's two thousand and nineteen, yeah. about to be twenty twenty, and like that's still a thing that's been happening for decades and gener and like generations now. I just found that to be an interesting modern connection. Well, just so well, just like yeah. um, you know, like going to your your say, saying of how the letter writing is, you know, like the internet today. You know, right. um, it's also a you know he's presenting himself as something that he's not. You know, like. Or he, that he is actually he he's that he, it's kind of the reverse today. People a lot of times will present themselves in the way that they're not today, but in their in their correspondence through their letters, they're actually being more honest. Um, in in they're not showing it to each other in person. He acts kind of like a stickler in person to her, right? But really, yeah. he's a he's a thoughtful and a romantic person. Oh yeah, he's he's a softer person. If only the he scenes. was being himself to her all the time, you know, right. they might have. And we get that we get that played out a little bit in the in the, next, in the, well, in the last in the, in the next, really in the last and, and the scene, one after yeah the last big the, scene yeah, yeah it gets all but we also out. get it like right after the sequence we're talking about because the store opens they go in and basically he's going to be meeting his you know his his pen pal over yeah tonight and we also learned that she is going to be meeting uh the person she's been corresponding yeah. with as well tonight too well they both they him. both need to get off for the night but apparently and they both need to get off but but yeah apparently they have to stay and put stuff in the in, you know yeah they have to decorate, decorate the, the front window. window you know so you and know. and he's also looking for a raise a raise yeah. as well but we also get uh the mr marcha gets a phone call from his wife where she needs 
money. Like she needs more spending money. And he's like, well, what happened to the money I gave you before? Yeah. I also, also, this happened when they were waiting outside. Vodish rolls up <laughs> with a wad of cash. Yeah. Which I think is really important to keep mm. that in mind. He rolls up and he's just flat flaunting cash, yes. flaunting it, and and then then we get the phone call from the wife that she needs cash. This is all connected, by yes. the way. The film really holds that that whole this whole mystery back until like until this sequence here, pretty much. And basically, um, she is um, um, she uh, she wants to get the, the the night off. He wants to get the night off, and. Basically, she, um, she's like trying to butter. She, they're in the back storeroom, and she's like trying to help him out. She's trying to like, she plays nice with him because she wants, she wants him to cover her for tonight while he's also trying to get off yeah. as well. And what happens is they, they, they pretty much both end up having an argument with Modicek. Well, yeah, he, he he's already under the stress of the job yeah. of the job, but he's also had this suspicion of his wife for a while. Right. And that's creating more stress for him. And we and what is interesting, we don't get that part until like the very next moment where he gets a phone call. So basically they have a whole big dust up and he has some great this is a great sequence where he's just kind of cussing everybody out. This is when he brings up like yeah. I've got six employees yeah. here, the other store's smaller, they only have four, I treat you well, all this kind of stuff. Where did all this contention come from? And he's you know, he's just kind of And, and yelling, it even gets to a point where he's you know, um uh Jimmy Stewart's character says maybe I should call it a day. Maybe I should call it a day, maybe I should, maybe I should maybe basically saying maybe I, I should quit. I should, I should quit. Well, what happens during that sequence when he's yelling at them is a customer walks in and he switches, like the switch, light yeah, switches yeah. from one mode to another, and he just like, oh yeah, we have, we of course we have, uh, we have, uh, man, what was it, like a man it's hand, like, yeah, like a yeah, somebody's woman's window shopping. It's a, it's a male purse that the woman was looking yeah. for, a male handbag, and then she is just absolutely. And then he just switches off. He's like, yes, we do. He's like, oh, yeah, my husband will be here tomorrow. I'm just window shopping for him. And basically... As soon as she leaves, uh, he pops back into arguing he with He pops him. back in. He goes right. Like, And what's interesting, it's all one shot from him walking, like panning across from like, yeah. one part of the shop to the other part of the shop. And then he and then he absolutely decides that... Um, and then, and then, and then the, the call cuts. comes in about it from the, his wife. Yeah. Well, what happens is the scene cuts to them and they're decorating the tree... Uh, Miss Novak and Krolik, they're decorating the tree, and then what happens is they, uh, and then that's when he gets the call, and then like the the, the PI is going to come over and tell him. Well, no, I mean, I mean, for, first they get the call from the wife about getting the money, and then he, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then he's you know initially Jimmy Stewart they said they said they were going to go, but then he didn't trust him, so oh, he, just, yeah, he decided yeah, to give the money to thou- the to the one guy. Yeah, he's going to send a thousand. I forgot what was it a. Uh, Pega? Uh, I forgot what the currency was, God, but anyway, it's whatever the Hungarian money is. A but he gives it to the one guy, to, the, the suck He gives up it guy. to the Vodish guy yeah. to send to his wife on his lunch break. Again, so uh, again, this guy's getting his money. <laughs> yeah, Pirovich offered. Pirovich actually came over and said, hey, I'll cover. Well, I have lunch around we'll there, you know. Yeah, me and this, uh, the others can cover for him and whatnot. And then that's when that whole argument started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Pirovich also offered to take the money as well. Yeah. Um, Aperovich is just a nice guy. Yeah, like, yeah, he's really a, he's nice the good friend. He's, he's the got, good friend. Yeah, he's like a really good friend. He's the real. Guy. Fa- he's, he's the got, one that has a, a family, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a wife and two kids, and he's always like, we're, he's like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta. He's got more perspective. He has more perspective than everybody else does. Uh, yeah, more personal, familiar perspective. 
But then, like I said, they cut to them decorating. Then he gets the call from the PI, and then he's got to clear out the shop. Yeah. He he's basically clears out the shop. The PI comes over and says, yeah, you know, on such and such a date at 8.20 p.m. at night, we saw Mrs. Modicek go down to a taxi, get in it, and then, you know, meet up with a younger gentleman who is one of your employees and yeah. then and we learn we learn that it's Vodish. Yeah, and right? he, he thought it was Jimmy he Stewart's Krolik. It, it was Krolik. Yeah. Because of and then and what happens is um one um Pirovit, now well actually before that even happened, uh Modicek fires Jimmy Stewart's character, gives him the seven Well that's you know he, he what's kinda thing. weird about that scene too is is for some reason, Jimmy Stewart felt op- optimistic going into the office. Yeah, he he like he fixed his tie like, like, and was smiling at everybody, giving him a yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, after that, like after the <laughs> argument and all the stuff that happened before that, like, did no, he man, really think he was gonna get in get a like Dude, a raise and, after that? And then when he and then when he walks out, Pirovich goes, "Oh, how'd it go?" And he's got a smile on his face, and it's like that scene was a like, little hey. bit miss. It's like, like huh? that, was, like, that scene was a little bit misdone. I think like the, I, I think the, the tone was was a little it was off a little off. Yeah. I was a little way too optimistic, way too happy for what he was should have been a little down. bit more worried going into the office. Yeah, I mean, maybe he had a false sense of confidence. Who really? Well, he kind of is. A, he's a little bit on the arrogant side, so yeah. <laughs> no, true, true. Yeah. Um, so basically, he gets he got fired. Got the call. Pi tells him all the info, and the place is the place is empty. But Peppy shows up looking for everybody, and Peppy is um. Peppy goes into one office, nobody's there. He goes into the other one, and Myrtek's about to kill himself. Yeah, this was the most shocking because this is the only that when I saw watched this for this episode, I've seen it twice now, but it was the first time right. I'd seen it, and that scene was shocking to me. Like whenever when I, first, when I yeah. first saw it a few years ago, I was like, "Wow, damn, they really went they that went dark. that far like with the, it, it, it for a movie in the 1940s." Not only that, like they showed the bullet, they, the gunshot well, yeah, went off. Yeah. The bullet hit the ceiling, and the kid grabbed the kid. You saw the the kid took the gun and he put it on something else. Well, so yeah, it's, it's one of them great moments where not seeing something worked so much better. Like right. he sees it, and then you don't know what happened, and then you see a gunshot go off, and you're like, "Holy shit!" He just tried to kill himself. And well, I mean, like, I think part of it is part of it is the you know the the Hayes Code censoring. Sure, it, sure. And the other part of it is that. In our minds as viewers, we understand what's going on. Oh, and we yeah. can piece it together ourselves. It gives us the chance to do a little, a little, you know, critical thinking. Sometimes our, our imaginations are a lot worse than what we actually can. See oh yeah, they're a lot eyes. more elaborate and a lot better than yeah. what we've got. And what is interesting is that um, uh, uh, after this happens, um, um, Jimmy Stewart, Krolik. And Pirovich uh, gets Jimmy Stewart to go see the girl, to see his... Uh, he comes with him to go see who this girl is. He comes with him like a good, like a good friend. Yeah, 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 like yeah, a yeah. real good friend. And then, of course, she, she of course, when she got the news that she was getting the night off like she wanted to, she went, grabbed all her stuff, ran out of the place, Miss um, Novak's character. And she's just sitting there waiting, and she's and she's there. Um, and basically, they met, they, they had this... Um, uh, this this they meet this cafe, and they and they had a way where like she would be using, she would be uh she would be holding the book Anna Karenina by yeah. Tolstoy, and she would have I forgot what it was um, some type of flower would be would be the bookmark and he was going to have that same flower on his lapel. Yeah. And I can't oh, man I can't remember what it was and I've seen this movie three times I can't <laughs> remember what it is, um and and that's how they would know we who each other sure. are. And so he's outside, and and he's telling his friend Pirovich, he's like, you know, just looking for me. You know, she's going to be having the book with the bookmark and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, don't tell if she's not good looking. Don't tell me I can't <laughs> handle the bad information. If, if you know all this kind of stuff, and she he looks in, he's like, oh wow, there's a beautiful girl in there, but no book, no book. Uh, oh, there's one over there, but she's kind of I can't see her past like the coat rack or something. And then all of a sudden he sees her, and he's like, oh wow, she's very very pretty. And he's like, oh, she kind of looks like Clara. And it's like, well, yeah, he's, he's like, like, and he's like, he's like if it was her, you know, like he's playing with them. Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's like, it, like well, Clara. if it's Miss Novak, like, oh, then I don't, I don't want it. He's like, well, unfortunately, no, he, it is. But he's Ms. like the way he's pl- the way Pervish is playing with. It, he's like, it kind of looks like Clara. Do you find do you do you think you know Miss Novak is very beautiful? And Jim Stewart's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's very good looking. He's like. And then he's like, and then he's like, um, well, do you are, are you know are you attracted to Miss Novak? And I think Jimmy Stewart says like, oh no, I like I like she's been making my life a living like a like difficult and whatnot and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, well, that is Miss Novak. Yeah, in so there. you're gonna have to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna so and then and then like Jimmy Stewart's character is like was kind of kind of a dick move. Let's be honest. He was gonna he was gonna he was just gonna leave. leave her. Yeah. yeah, he was just gonna leave her. And he's like, and Peter was just like, wow, you gonna really do that to her? That's kind of. Uh, but then he decides so, to come back. But that, well, we cut inside, and uh, the waiter comes over. He's like, oh, can I have this chair? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I'm waiting for somebody, right? And, wait, and he notices the bookmark, and he's like, apparently this is a place where a lot of people have done this, where, like, people, like, um, meet meet up for whatever reason. Like, some people, some people use, like, a carnation or a garnish or something like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, one time there was this woman who... You know, poor, poor woman, she, she was here and nobody ever showed up. But then I found the flower on the floor. So apparently the guy showed up, didn't find her attractive and left. It's kind of a, you know, dick, a dick thing to do. And, but he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm sure, you know, if you, if he goes, he's like, if you don't, you know, if he doesn't show up, you know, I'll, I'll come over here. I'll come whatever. And sit but, with you. Yeah, I'll come and sit with you. So. It's one She's of those scenes that if it was in an Adam Sandler yeah. movie, the, the waiter would have been some really creepy guy. Like, I'll come over and sit with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it would have yeah. been, uh, I don't know, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it would have been Steve Buscemi, Crazy Eyes. Or, or yeah. anybody, uh, or somebody else, some one of one of random Adam Sandler <laughs> Sandler's friends. But what happens is Jimmy Stewart's character does end up coming back, coming in, and he just like pretends that he he's just there coincidentally well, he, he wants to gauge how you know he, he, he first of all he wants to play with her i think he wants to mess That's with her true. but i yeah. i think also he's curious he's curious he wants to he, he's starting to he's starting i think working over in his own mind if he actually wants to try to like talk to her uh yeah. like seriously and let her know what's really going on but then by the end of it he she pretty harshly you know insults him um Calls him well, a, a good for nothing clerk. Um, yeah, they have a fantastic back and forth, like discussion, like 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 you know, it, it's a heated discussion. It's like they kind of like insult each other back and forth, but ultimately, what I got from that sequence is that she's judging him, and he's judging. She's judging him based off of what she just sees at work. Yeah, like you were mentioning before. Like she she doesn't believe that this guy could ever even remotely come close to the person that she is right corresponding with through the letters because because he's completely opposite of of that. Yeah. He's not he's you know, he doesn't look like he reads Tolstoy yeah, well, or, in the, or Victor. In the Hugo scene he he says he's like you know, people don't don't take the time to get below the surface of people. Right. You know, they just and see what they see. Talk talk about a contemporary message. That's something that's still around today. Oh yeah. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. That yeah. old, that old thing or whatnot. Or people aren't all they appear to be, and you really have to give someone, you know, 
some time to see who they really are because you never quite know who they really are. And sometimes, sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. You know, you sometimes you unearth skeletons in the closet that should stay in, in the closet because they're pretty dark yeah. stuff. Or sometimes you unearth things like someone is... Uh, uh, someone is a writer or a poet or an artist or, or something or is into literature or is into whatever, and you don't you wouldn't know these things because you didn't take the time to ask them about it or talk with them about it. You just judge them based off well, so, of what you assume they well, are. Yeah, sometimes we get in our own way and we, we judge people before we really get to know them. Uh, we have preconceived notions. She has an idea of him in his mind, and she's already made up her mind, so she doesn't really you know want to get to know him anymore she's only focused on what she thinks her idea man is is, is who her she ideal, yeah. is, is who she's waiting on and and doesn't care about him so she wants him to leave and he won't leave and then she insults him pretty nasty to get him to leave doesn't she call him she calls him like a broken cigarette lighter or something yeah like yeah that. yeah like a cigarette lighter that doesn't work yeah yeah um yeah. like he's got fire but he just isn't good or something. It's, it's something very so, interesting. You know, we don't want to give away. Well, you watch the movie, you no, get no, all no. the great definitely details. Definitely watch this movie. I mean, yeah. we're spoiling the hell out of it, but it's such a fantastic. Yeah, film. You, you can get the Just great details by it, watching it. But yeah, and she 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 insults him by calling him a no, good for nothing clerk, and he leaves upset. You know, of course. Um, yeah, and then after that, Krolik, uh goes to the hospital to visit Mister Matterchek, um, who basically not only reoffers him a job, but basically tells him. I need you to run the shop now because well, yeah. the manager because I'm in the hospital. And one of them great comedy moments with Peppy, um, which is you know he comes. Oh, Peppy's Peppy's basically talking to, to the uh, doctor Sigmund Freud. Yeah, 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 yeah. The doctor, the, the doc, he comes Sigmund out with Freud. the doctor, and the doctor he, he's like, so, so what is this? A nervous breakdown, right? And then the doctor explains it with all this like scientific mumbo jumbo, and then he's just like, so, you know, is that just another word for nervous breakdown? Is it, what, yeah, you know. And the and the ask him, look, oh, so what's your uh, what's your uh, uh, what's your position at Modern Trucking Company? He's like, oh, you know, I, 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 I what does he say? Like, I bring like customers to the products or the products. I'm the uh, you know customer support or so, yeah, cost, like, you know, like, customer communications or something like that. Yeah, customer something like that. Basically, like he's an errand boy. Yeah, That's what yeah, he is. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is it? The guy, the why I, why I call the doctor Sigmund Freud is because he he's like. Looks oh like yeah, yeah, Freud. yeah, yeah, He's got the glasses, the goatee. I mean, it's set in that area of the world. I mean, it's, it's, and he's talking about like psychoanalysis and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so Krolik gives uh, Krolik gets the job, and he finds out he finds do, about out about the whole situation that you know he had, why why Monacek has been treating him like crap for like the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Because Monacek thought that he, he was having an affair with his wife, yeah. and, and Jimmy Stewart goes like. Why would you think that? And he was like, "Oh, because you know that one time you came over. You were the, the only one that's seen my house. You've you been around my wife. Seen my house. Yeah, it was been around my wife. And you sent my wife uh, flowers after that dinner, basically. Yeah, yeah. And but and and what? And this has one of the most profound lines in, in or profound concepts I find in this film is how je- how Monacek calls jealousy a poison. Yeah. And to me, it just makes me think of slow-moving poison that just spreads and spreads and spreads, and how jealousy can make can make one think things that aren't actually true. Yeah, you just you're just so it poisons your mind so badly that you're just making things up to make it worse and worse and worse. And that's what happened to Matichek to the point where um, his his best you know his. His best employee, a friend, you would say he is. He treated him like crap because he he was jealous of he was jealous of him, and he didn't need to be because 
Jimmy Stewart had had nothing to do with his wife's affair at all. Um, what is interesting is that he is that Marchek also mentioned that you know his what he and his wife were married twenty two years, yeah. which is just, it's a long time to be to be with somebody and to have that sense of betrayal. So you kind of understand understand his sense of despair when it came yeah. to wanting to kill himself. Yet again, suicide and for depressive reasons, depression reasons, is something that's also very modern. Oh, happens yeah. all the time. You hear about it in the news all the time. Someone gets bullied or someone is just depressed beyond a point or is abused or whatnot, and they end up committing suicide because of that, that feeling of worthlessness or feeling of self-hatred. It happens. Oh, yeah. And just sadly happens. So Matichek gives him his job, makes him the manager, and basically what they're going to do with Vadish is they're going to fire him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, gonna, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, and and yeah, they're going to fire him. So there's a whole scene. Everybody, you know, he comes in, he's running the store, um, and and so he brings him into the office. And first of all, before that, um, now Pepe is now a clerk. Yeah, Pepe's not. He's now been bumped. He's up. been bumped up. He's a clerk now, and they hire a new errand boy. Which, like I said earlier, he like messes with him the whole time. Um, yeah, his name. The kid's name is Rudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love the interactions after that. He he becomes super serious after that, like trying to act like he's a higher up of some sorts. I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he walks in, and calls the temp agency. Yeah, or whatnot, or he's like, wearing a suit now. He, he's you know. Oh yeah, yeah, he's walking in all his hot stuff. And what is interesting is though is like he tells the he tells the fellow employees that yeah, without me you wouldn't have a job today because <laughs> yeah, yeah. because uh, Montetrek tried to like shoot himself. Well, and and then like, and then they get a call. You may want to kept that under wraps. Yeah, and then they get a call from his wife and then he's like oh what do you want Fonage Fonage or whatever do you need him or something oh yeah he basically tells you Monachek isn't here he's out with other women or something so, like that something yeah he, 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 he basically he tells her to go basically just go fuck herself go, screw off yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> go screw off um, because of what she did but and so now he's in the office with him and he, he you know fires him um, initially he just he made him do like well yeah he's gonna say take these deal. things from the top shelf and move them to the bottom shelf and take the bottom put them to the top shelf and <laughs> yeah and the guy's just going for the guy's going with it because he's such a such a smulchy like schmaltzy like kiss ass type of dude that he just like is not gonna break character at all yeah. you know what I mean he's just gonna continue being the slimy jerk um, but he uh, does end up getting fired. They get in a little bit of a fight. Well, th- and I was going to but... say, what's funny is, is you know, we talked about that box, all them boxes, oh, them yeah. shitty boxes that were <laughs> facades. Well, he's the facade of all the people, right? right. He's the one hiding yeah. stuff, and he gets knocked into them boxes at the end. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart throws him into the boxes, and which then the guy's honestly like, was inappropriate. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna, he's gonna, gonna get, get sued. sued. He's gonna get sued. <laughs> they're gonna get they're gonna sue. And he tells him he's gonna sue them, not only for like slander. He's gonna sue them for like like because he like, definitely assaulted yeah. him. Yes. Well, he also accused him of like sleeping with the boss's wife, basically. But he did. So which he did. <laughs> but he's like, oh, did you hear what they? Did you hear what he said? What he called me? Blah blah blah, blah and all that kind of stuff. And so they throw him through it. All the boxes are to go. And when he gets knocked through, all the songs keep playing because yeah, the boxes yeah. all open. So they're trying to close the boxes. And then the guy's like, uh, "Well, you know, where's where's my severance? Where you know, where's my you know, where's my pay? Where's my letter of recommendation?" And the guy's like, <laughs> and then Jimmy Stewart's, "Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, I forgot about oh, yeah, your yeah. Flora. Take this down. Uh, yeah. So Vadish, you know, uh, uh, what do you call him? Like, he basically just insulted him to yeah, his face. Yeah, He's yeah. like, if he doesn't leave here, I'm going to knock him out. Yeah, yeah. So the guy runs out of the place. But what we also learn is that Miss Novak didn't come into work today because she's distraught over um, uh, her, her, you know, the person she was corresponding with not showing up. Little did she know that the person 
did actually yes. show up in being being Jimmy Stewart. So he goes he goes and visits her. Uh, but what, what what we also find is that there's a shot of where she goes to the um, the post office box or her 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 mailbox to to see if there's a letter and there's like a great like camera like dolly shot uh, push in of her hand yeah. in the mailbox and there's nothing there so that kind of like just just a physical just a, an aesthetic representation of her feeling her nothingness bad, feeling bad feeling bad you know sad so basically Krolik goes to visit her and sees her in bed and whatnot and and what happens is she mysteriously gets a letter um, <laughs> now there's a letter from, she, from her yeah, secret yeah, admirer. Yeah, yeah. From her, it's mysteriously a letter, and he's like, "Oh yeah, just read it. Read it. Why you don't don't bother me. Read it. Read it. Just go right ahead." And she's reading it, and she's just she just loves it, right? And he's just sitting there looking out the window, smiling, like like saying, "Yep," like giving him like almost like a like a thumbs up sure. in his head, like "Yep, no, I'm so smart. I'm so good." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like give him like a like a fist like a fist pump, right? So and of course, and then that's when um they have a nice like kind of back and forth there where um she's like she's like really surprised about um there's a there's a there's some tender stuff that he says some serious stuff that he says and she's like wow i can't believe you, you know you have this that 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 tendency in you and all this kind of stuff he's slowly starting he's, to yeah he's starting to, to show him. his real self to her yeah slowly yeah. like the like the paint is chipping away the, you know what i mean yeah. and he's really trying to um show who he really is um and what is interesting is that then we get and then of course it makes her feel better like now she's like i'll be back to work tomorrow i'll be back to work tomorrow so there's a flash forward to two weeks later it's christmas eve and my and company is um the store is banging yeah they're gonna have like they're gonna like trying to have record sales like it's gonna be the best thing ever they you know they want to dedicate it of course to uh Mr. Modicek, who's still in the hospital for these last two weeks and whatnot, he actually, I, guess, I don't know if he got released or if he snuck yeah, well, out. Apparently, well, apparently he he's, shows he's up. probably at home and he's supposed to be taking it easy. And right. he's he's deciding he's going to come in and check out what's going on. And uh, mm. apparently, I mean, it's it's booming sales. They make nine thousand, almost $10,000 in a day. Yeah, pe- I just remember what the currency was. It was called Panga. Oh, okay. That was the term. Was Panga. That sounds made and up, so but the- okay. Yeah, it probably sounds I like Jenga. I do not know what the currency. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> currency was in Hungary circa 1940. But but uh, they they make up, record sales in the day, and yeah. they all kind of start to celebrate, you know. And um, well, what is it before that? He's outside, like looking at the crowd, yeah. talking to like the like. Yeah, I don't. I think he tries to he tries to ballet. sell basically sell something to a woman who knows <laughs> oh, who so she great. is. Knows who he is. It's so great. Yeah. It's just like he's like, oh, I don't have my glasses. Can you tell me how much is that briefcase in the in the window there, she's like, oh, twenty four fifty. He's like, twenty four fifty. What a what a what they have great, great bargains what, here. What, yeah, what great bargains here. And he's like, and then she's like, well, you should know, Mister Modicek. He's like, he's and it's like, like he's oh, like, they said, found him out. You know how they get great bargains here? It's like you should know. You run the place. Uh, I know. So what a that's kind of kind of yeah like, yeah. He was funny. him trying to do his old school sales routine with with these customers that never works um <laughs> right and but, so cut to in inside um miss novak is back working like we said and and jimmy stewart stops her and asks her like how she's doing and is concerned about her and like you know what, well before what not is this is this uh, after the, the well, where he gives out the bonuses to everybody well they're still working like she's carrying okay. a bunch of boxes and she i just thought it was a very small thing that was very interesting because like it's the um, 
the friendly work environment that we didn't see before. Remember, they had that contentious like work environment. You can that's just something that's small that I think shows the shift. Yeah, it shows that they're now. It's a much more friendlier work environment between the two. Yeah. Like they're not contentious anymore. And because of that, they're um, more successful. Yeah, I guess maybe you could... Yeah, that actually does make sense. Correlate that with the success of the store. Yeah. And then, and then of course, there's the, there's the scene where uh, Monacek is so proud of them and all that kind of stuff. This is when he mentions, like, oh, this is the best the best like sales we've had since 29 or something like so that. So it's been like so it's that, been like 11 years and they've never not done as well as the... Well, well 29 was the stock market crash. Oh, which okay. Crashed, okay, okay, crashed gotcha. everything around the world. So that's what kind of gave me the idea that okay, this play this takes place post gotcha. stock market crash, you know. Okay. In that in that area. So, and then this is when he's handing out the bonuses, like he hands the bonuses out to everybody. And then he's like, oh, like, who are you? And that's when we we're introduced to Rudy, the, uh, I love it. The kid who, the wide eyed kid. Rudy gets and a tip. He gets a, he Rudy gets a little gets bit a of money and in then, cash, straight cash. And then, Pe- and then, and then Pepe's just like, let me see that. That's too much. Too <laughs> he gives much. it back to him though. <laughs> he does give it back to him. He's like, I've been in uh, your position and I never got this much money. <laughs> so, and then of course, the, um, Oh, there, there was a great scene when he, when he, when Kralik went to see Miss Novak. Miss Novak told her, told him that she's going to buy her, uh, the guy she's corresponding with, that that cigarette box for Christmas. Yeah. And and Jimmy Stewart's character and Kralik is trying to tell her, uh, you know what he would want better would be one of those new like imported wallets that we got, knowing that he doesn't want that shitty yeah, box yeah, yeah. that he hates. <laughs> Right, so of course she's like, "Oh no, I think you'll like the cigarette box." And like, "Oh, okay, whatever." And then there's a great scene between Pirovich and uh, Miss Novak um, before the bonus scene, where Pirovich is just kind of talking up the wallet because he has it. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you know, you know what's better? You know, uh, I hear I got a picture of my family. So every time I open it, it's like I'm hearing a beautiful music because it's my family and I love them. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. He's talking it up, and then he he walks to the guy's office and he goes, "You're getting the wallet." Oh, we, and then it just know, cuts to something. We forgot out. to yeah. talk about a kind of a comedy beat at the beginning with what's his name, um, Paravich, um, where every time. He's asking people's opinions. Paravich walks away. Well, I mentioned. That. Oh, did you say that? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 I, th- yeah I couldn't. I, I don't remember us talking about that. Yeah, he remember I said like every time. Like, yeah. he walks out of the room because he doesn't want to hear the guy. He doesn't want to hear. Mo- uh, yeah, he, he does at least two or three times. He like yeah, walks oh, away. Yeah, like he's coming up the stairs and he's going, but he goes right back. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he walks in, he goes, uh, yeah, you're getting the wallet, because he knows because Paravich is in on all of this. So so they're about to leave. They're about to lock up the shop and whatnot, and um, and and she's and she's wrapping up the wallet. And Crawler comes over to her and whatnot, and they start talking. And she's like, oh, and she's like, because, and, and, and she's like, and he says, um, oh yeah, he stopped by. Yeah, he. This is where he decides to lay it on thick about. Yeah, they got a real thing. I mean, what do you think of this whole thing where he basically just like says, oh yeah, he came by and he just he's just painting like a really bad picture of this. You know, I just think I think he just exist. he's enjoying, you know, you know. No, you think it's more. It's I think it's more playful. I think it is vindictive. playful. I I do think, in reality, it is kind of fucked up. I mean, like, yeah. it's like, come on, man, just stop messing with her. Like, it's yeah, been weeks. Way, it's technically been weeks. 
Right. You know, like and like he, he, but he says like all kind of shallow type stuff, which I guess we're looking at it from a modern lens. Like, oh yeah, he's like he's fat and he's like his name is. He also Popkin. has no job and any... he's got no job, but he's like, <laughs> but but he but he's confident that we, they can live off of, off of your salary, could live off of his salary because because yeah. um what's the um because he says because she says that you know I may be engaged come next time you see yeah, me and yeah. he's like oh I may be engaged as well and he's like and then and he's like. And that's how they're playing it off and whatnot. And um, so he makes up like just a fallacy that he's just like a this fictional person that she has in her head. In her head, is a bad guy. And then, of course, we get the big reveal that he is the one. Yeah, she's I mean, it, when, when with. she's gotten to this point where she's obviously very worried about the, the man that she might be, because because apparently he's seen him and and she hasn't seen him, and then he finally kind of uses a line from their letters that that. Are used over and over again, which is dear friend. Yeah, he quotes it. He quote, yeah, he says dear friend, and he puts it. You know what it was? It was a red carnation. Okay, he puts a red carnation in his lapel and reveals to her that she was the mystery man this whole time. Mm. That he was her mystery man this whole time. Um, and it throws her off at first, like she's right. like. What is very interesting about that scene, if you look at both of them, because they're very close in proximity within the frame, you get kind of a shot reverse shot of the look on their faces. They're both having very emotional reactions to this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Granted, I mean, we just mentioned that in a way he has, when it comes to power dynamics and things like that, he does have all the power because he knows, you know, he knows the mystery, so therefore he's playing with her. But in that moment, I also think he's extremely nervous. I think he's nervous that he she's going to be mad. Yeah. Just the way he puts the flower in the lapel, the way, just the way Jimmy Stewart plays it with a little bit of shaky nervousness and when he puts it when he has the flower in his hand and yeah. the way his face is shaking it looks how nervous he is and of course she is like like taken aback you know what i mean yeah. like she's very shocked if you will and the in it and you you hold your breath in that moment because you have no idea idea what's going to happen yeah you know what i mean how is she going to react how is this going to play out but of course, you know Hollywood being Hollywood at yeah. the time. I think in reality, somebody probably ending. would have had a a quick emotional reaction of being probably pissed off. It would have. I think the scene would have been a little bit longer of them well, having an emotional. Well, I was gonna say in today's rom- romantic comedy, she would have gotten mad, stormed out, and then they would have extended the movie another twenty minutes. At least, and then we would have finally had an, uh, an airport scene where they make <laughs> up. Um, so or like he would he would have uh, he would have held a boombox in the rain yeah, yeah or he would have in the rain there would have been <laughs> an extra twenty minutes in the movie the movie would have been two gone, hours instead of an hour uh, an you know hour what he would he would have he would have gone to like her apartment and had a huge heartfelt confession about yeah uh, just laying it all on the line but in the moment I feel like this is more organic oh no it works I, I, yeah. because it works because of I just think that chemistry throughout the whole film was there. And that moment, the way they played so genuine. Well, she was really she there. she automatically when she thinks about the fact that he's known the whole time, she thinks back to the restaurant scene where she oh, yeah, where, where he, she was really mean to him. Yeah, she just, just destroyed his character yeah. basically. You know, so so it and, brought it, and, and you know over the over this time instead of being con- because they've grown to like each other outside of what's been going on here, they, they like in part in, in reality they become friends. Um, you know. She doesn't feel bad about it. She even says it. She says, "You know, I am taken back, but I don't really feel so bad about this idea. Like, I don't. I'm actually. This is cool. Like, I, I'm. I'm glad. 
What is very interesting is that before then, oh she yeah, was I was going to say we forgot to talk. When she about was that. wrapping up the wall, and we forgot to talk about this. Is like she was like, you know, when I first started working here, basically she had a crush on. Well, no, him. I, in, in, in this whole yeah. in this moment really was something that's happened to me personally. I've had a moment with girl a girl before where it's been it's been a long t- like we we're not t- like this girl's a friend and she's with a, I'm with somebody she's with somebody, but she tells me that hey back when we first met I used to like you I'm like. What? Like, what didn't you? Oh yeah, like, that's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like, not to me personally, but I've seen it. Yeah, it's like they're like I used to. I had a crush on you, and you know, blah blah blah. I'm like, what? Why didn't you tell me? Like, I. What's interesting, Stephen? This is a, this is a look into my life. I'm usually the person that uh, that's the opposite of gotcha, that. Gotcha. Yeah. Or I'm the person who has the crush on somebody, and they have no idea about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, but they had, yeah, they have a great moment when she's like laying it on. And she's like, there were moments when we were back here in the storeroom where I just wish you would sweep me off my feet. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And then, but then when they when they had that like that back and forth about him, about him, um. Um, like when he was making up the fictional version of himself, like the overweight, out of out of work, and all that kind of stuff, he's like, "What if, what if when you opened your apartment door tonight, it was me instead of him? How would you, that? How would that make you feel?" Um, and she was like, "Oh, don't play with me like that," and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, very interesting emotional, emotional climax to this movie that I really, really liked a lot. I think overall, this is a fantastic movie. Oh yeah, Hell, I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it now three times. Um, this was a first time for Steven to get into this movie. And I know a lot of classic film fans really, really like and really, really praise it. And I wish I owned it. I don't own it at all. There's no yeah, I don't, there's no Blu-ray release say, now for it. There's a DVD. Yeah, there's uh, a maybe, DVD. maybe Criterion will get a hold of this. It's an MGM movie. Um, well, that's where that's what I think because I watched it on the Criterion Channel streaming service. Yeah, 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 yeah. me too. And I mean, yeah. that's not a direct indication that's coming out yeah, of Criterion. Yeah. I mean, Criterion's been getting a lot of great classic uh, right. Hollywood stuff lately with the Betty Davis stuff and... and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they've been getting a lot of good, you know, I, I could see it happening, definitely. I can see it happening because, one, it's an Ernst Lubitsch film. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, already, yeah. They've they already distributed a bunch Brown of his recently. stuff. Yeah, yeah they, well, Clooney Brown. Clooney, Clancy sorry, Brown Clooney is that Brown. great actor. That Clancy Brown. <laughs> Clancy Brown was uh, one of the prison guards in Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the Kurrigan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, Highlander. That's an actor. <laughs> that is an actor. Yeah. Um, but Clooney Brown just came out. Uh, the other films that I mentioned earlier are on there yeah, as yeah. well. And it's an MGM film. And MGM, when it comes to distribution for MGM's back catalog, the ownership is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Like, I think a bunch of different studios own it, so it's kind of up for grabs, basically. Yeah. It's not like it's a Warner Brothers film where Warner Brothers right now, they're not landing, lending out any of their classic films. They're putting all that out themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fox is, 20th Century Fox is kind of loaned out to other companies. So uh, Columbia Pictures is kind of loaned out to other companies, but that's all kind of in control of those companies. Whereas MGM, I think, is a little more wide open when it comes to who's distributing it. And you know what? To be honest, I want this movie to be oh, given yeah. a, a, a good release, not just a, a one-off release uh, or just a, a bad, mediocre release because I think it definitely deserves it. It's a timeless movie. Oh, yeah. It's got Jimmy Stewart's in it, yeah, Ernst Lubitsch film. Uh, it's a rom- classic romance film. I mean, um, I mean, it's, I love it. Uh, that and I love it. that. This one, I, I'm, I'm definitely. It's, it's a, a favorite now, and, and that, and I want, I want Adam's rib to be put out. That's another. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. I really wish it was, uh, was out already. Yeah. But um, Come on now. It, it's, uh, it's definitely up there. I still, I still hold. Uh, it happened one night, uh, as my favorite. 
of that time period, definitely. Right. Um, I mean, what is interesting is that I think it happened one night, came out only a few years earlier than this. Well, yeah, that, and also so, apparently I saw, I read this, they did a broadcast version of this movie, and Claudette Colbert did the woman's voice oh. of of the of the female character in the movie. What is interesting is that this uh, Shop Around the Corner was a a play. Yeah, yeah. It was based on a Hungarian play um, called Oh Boy. Parfumery? Yeah. And it came out in 1937. Yeah, that's what... Hey, I'm just reading what it says here. And apparently it's... um, Yeah, they get rid of all the politics that were leading up to World War II, and it's kind of... So basically, I guess we can assume that the movie took place in 1937. Yeah, yeah. So before World War II, I mean, it's a very small film. It feels like a play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You only get three sets in this play? Yeah. In, in this movie, I mean? I there's the hospital, play. there's the store, I mean, four, and then okay, there's four, the restaurant. I, yeah, well, I, actually, okay, so, but I think there's there's the storefront, there's inside the store, there is the hospital, like you said, and there's inside the cafe, and then there's inside Miss um, Novak's apartment, so like five. Yeah, it's it's still ve- very sets. small, yeah. Very, very small film. What really, ca- what really carries it, I think, is the... The screenplay, the dialogue, yeah. the character interactions, the character chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry is is, the a, themes, is a lot of it. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it, and it's definitely a recommend, high recommend. Um, but I think that's going that's going to do it for us on this Christmas spotlight here. Not a, not a. I would, I wouldn't say this is a a a a, a legitimate. I would say a hundred percent Christmas movie. Right. Um, but I do think that the themes and. And some of the you know the, the 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 good feeling you get by the end of the movie, really, can make you feel that Christmas you know, thing you know that you. Well, want. there's a posit- there's a positivity and a sense of love, in this film that I think is uh, is connected to the Christmas or holiday season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I would say I would say it's borderline though. It's definitely borderline. Okay. Um, but uh, right, but it's Mr. definitely Expert. a movie I would watch at Christmas. I mean, it's it's good. Um, oh. But. I want to I want to bring up something right now, but we got to end this podcast. If it's something about Die Hard, then I don't I don't want to hear anything. It is. I don't want to hear anything about I, Die Hard. I'll just say this: uh, There's a certain director who said that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, and I don't. And I know Stephen would be very upset about that. Which director? Uh, Barry Jenkins said that uh, Chris Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Well, Barry Jenkins, you know, he you know, Oscar winner. He's a smart guy, but. I I just say that to to screw yeah, with Steve you know, because Steven Steven's going on about this last year. He's going on about I've, this. This year, is so. a continuous fight, you know. Yeah, it's a continuous fight. I and I and I, I, I gave into it a little bit last year. I think okay. Die Hard is an alternative Christmas movie, Got but it. to me, Christmas movies have to have a certain wholesomeness to them. Well, I only bring that up is because because you were talking about if the shop around the corner was sure you know, sure. A Christmas movie. I say that in quotes or a holiday movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just bring up. I, I die just, hard just I prefer to play when I want to. If I want to call something a Christmas movie, I think it needs to be within a certain genre. The Hallmark Channel does Christmas movies. They're all the same type of movies. I'm not saying you can't put Christmas in other genres like horror, which we got like the Krampus and things like that. But them are right. them are alternative Christmas movies for me. They're not they, though they they are set at Christmas and they can have some holiday themes of sorts, but their their intent is not to have anything to do with togetherness or family or it, it's more about the genre elements to the movie than they are Got about it. Christmas. Um, but you know it's okay. 
you guys can watch whatever you want to watch at Christmas. Uh, I I watch anything. I mean, I've already watched my favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged, um, already. So I'm gonna go see Uncut Gems on Christmas. Oh, good, good <laughs> choice, good choice. But nothing's nothing says. Uh... Uh, Christmas like gambling away money, gambling and, away, and Adam and, Sandler, um, and Adam Sandler, eight crazy nights, I guess. <laughs> eight crazy nights. But um, let's end this before Stephen goes on an even longer. Yes, right? Or I yes. say something that sends Stephen on a tangent. Yes. into we could into get on a tangent else. about Star Wars, but maybe hey, I know maybe we'll, we'll do a, you want to do a special uh, Star Wars review episode, like where we like maybe after Christmas this week or like maybe this weekend we could shoot a right. little quick talk about it maybe. Yeah, an that's, extra that, thing. that's fine. Uh, a little behind the scenes, though, we spent like a half an hour before the show even started talking about it. So I think we could extend we, that to a full I, episode. I think we could do it. I mean, it's it, it'll be a special thing, you know, just something right, special right. extra that we'll do because I know we both want to talk about it. Yeah, so. there's a lot to say about it. Yeah, and we we need to have a special amount of time to do. Yeah, it. we we we'll we'll dedicate like kind of a special spoiler review that's not part of our regular. It'll be an extra bonus episode. All right, Got so it. that'll be it for this episode of the Cinema Discovery Project. Uh, where can we find you, Andrew? You can find me on Twitter at Kevzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Kevzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. Uh, you can find I'm gonna next year. I'm gonna start. We're gonna start pushing the show a little bit more. I've been lazy about pushing the show, so we do have a Facebook page for Cinema Discovery Project. We're gonna post all our episodes on there. We're gonna start making sure we do that more often. Um, we're gonna okay. we're maybe try to advertise this a little bit more too. Um, but you can find uh, me also on Instagram, Cinema Discovery Project, where I post all my goodies that I buy, and you can find the audio for this podcast on Podbean and Apple Podcasts, and hey guys, uh, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, we will see you next time in 2020, 2020, 2020, I can't believe it, it's crazy, we're gonna be in the 20s, man, I know, the Roaring 20s, the Roaring 20s, and hey guys, in 2020, keep on watching the movies, I know I will. <laughs>